Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am the Lizard King. I can do anything. I'm Brian Hines. And I am Jackman Oaks, baby. Woo! Today we'll be recapping all of the action from OVW TV 1254, which broadcast originally live from Historic Davis Arena on August 24th, 2023. But first, Brian, how are you this week? I've been pretty good. It's been a busy week. Lots of things going on personally, lots of things going on in the world of wrestling. If it's not one thing, it's another. How are you? Well, Brian, I'll be honest with you. These have probably been the worst two weeks of my life, but I'm going to make it because uh, I got to watch some wrestling. Got, got to stay sane through the power of wrestling. A lot of great wrestling going on, not only in OVW, but there was, there was a couple other events that went on this past weekend. One big one, you might have heard of it, big big deal. Some, yeah, it was o- over across the pond. Yeah, something overseas happened that was like kind of a big deal, but that's not what we, what we do here on the OVW podcast. We We're do here not. for one thing and one thing only today, and that is to cover all of our favorite superstars that wrestle in Ohio Valley Wrestling. That's right. Uh, you got the same notes I do, right? Because uh, I'm just seeing so. something new here. We're supposed to... Oh, are you talking about um, this part from... Uh, Take a break for an ad? Like, like a coffee break? Well, you know me. I don't do caffeine. You can do whatever you'd like. Um, but I yeah, I don't... Some coffee. I don't know. Uh, producer Brian, what's this all about? Hi, guys. Producer Tiny Brian here. Yeah, you guys need to uh, start taking an ad break. So, okay, I don't know if this is what I said. I'm, I'm not a corporate guy. Uh, well, would, would you someday either. like this to, to, you know, someday we'd like somebody to pay for a moment of our valuable airtime. So in order to be able to sell those moments, we need to take a moment where we could sell it. So that means we have to take a break. If you'd like to get paid at some point for this gig, I need you to take a break. Uh, things are changing all the time around here. Wow. First I, theme music and Which now I have no breaks. problem with. The theme music, our, our fantastic new theme music. That's right. I have no problem with that. But I, for once, I will set aside my mostly socialistic beliefs, and we can, we can start. Ed, Brian, you're, you're driving the ship here. If we need to start taking ad breaks, we can start taking ad breaks. All right. Well, the OVW podcast is brought to you by Podcasters, the unofficial after show of the new Netflix docuseries Wrestlers coming September 12th. Uh, The whole series will drop on Netflix of Wrestlers will drop on uh, Wednesday, September 12th. And I will be like a slave driver dragging all of the voices you hear around the OVW podcast here to... uh, here to Nuthouse Studios. We'll be watching those. We'll be commenting on them, talking about them. You should see an episode of Podcasters a Day for the eight days after that drops. And then at that point, we will come back. We will record a big episode, a couple hours probably, where we talk about the whole series at once. So when Wrestlers comes out, we are your number one source for reaction and uh, information and backstory and and all of that related to wrestlers. So come back here starting in starting September twelfth for podcasters. And now let's go back to the OVW podcast already in progress. Yeah, and if they're having, I mean, Brian, wait, we're back on. Oh, oh, no, I, yeah, just between you and me and the wall. Yeah, if they're having us do double duty in here, we do need to get some ads. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I mean, did he just say that we're going to have a new episode of Podcasters 
eight for eight consecutive days. I mean, that's like the Hanukkah of podcasting. It'll definitely be more time than we've ever spent around each other. And we, we, I like you all right. I don't like you that much. Yeah. That's but it sounds like same. I'm going to have to get over that so that we can uh, effectively bring full recap episodes of podcast or full recap episodes of the wrestlers in the form of our podcast, the podcasters to you guys quickly and as promptly as possible. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that, I guess, if that's what it's going to have to take. Okay. Well, let's just jump into it. We got to, I guess we got to figure out, um, I need to figure out how to get Netflix on some sort of streaming device. That, that'll that be the, so let's let's run through this tonight so I can get home and, and figure out how I'm actually going to be watching the wrestlers. We started off at the top of the uh, OVW this past week program with a fight between Kyle Roberts of Dysfunction. I think he looks a lot like Tony Gunn's son. He, he obviously, I don't know, I don't know what their relationship is backstage, but there might need to be some sort of uh, phone calls that are made and maybe a blood test of some sort. A paternity um, test. Yeah, between Kyle Roberts and Tony Gunn. Um, Tony Gunn, or Kyle Roberts, Tony Gunn's son, Kyle Roberts, was fighting Elusive Eric Darkstorm this week. Elusive Eric Darkstorm coming off of a loss against OVW Jack Vaughn on last week's episode of OVW Television. This week, though, I hate to call it that because uh, Kyle Roberts did look good. He did put in a formidable effort, but this was, for all intents and purposes, a squash match. There was not a single point where it looked like anybody other than Eric Darkstorm was going to walk away with the win. No, not really. I mean, at the end, there was just this giant combo. I mean, if he was... You know, on Street Fighter or something, you'd be pushing the buttons and get the combo where he hit like four or five moves in a row, like the belly to belly and yeah. the enziguri, the German suplex, and that was that last was it. week. He did a, a roll through um, European uppercut. This time he did a European uppercut and a roll through step up enziguri. The guy's the guy just has he keeps impressing me every single week. It's really, really great to see like kind of what they're doing with him right now, even though he's coming off of a loss against the champion. At no point has he ever looked weak. There's no harm in losing to the champion, especially when the champion is Jack Vaughn. After that, there was a little bit of a, um, a behind-the-scenes moment where, you know, sometimes it's nice to get to see some of the action that happens in the hallways of Historic Davis Arena, not necessarily on the mat of Historic Davis Arena. Oh, yeah. Um, we we have been led to believe that the the coup essentially that happened at the wedding a few weeks ago at the big one between Freya the Slayer and Aaron Grider. And if you missed it, you really please missed something go big. back, go and back see and watch it. because woo that song before the wedding. You, you, it, yeah, this is a pitch perfect wrestling wedding. It really was like I enjoyed I enjoyed it so much. It was a pitch perfect wrestling wedding. Like it if. If this was on on national television, this would have instantly become like a thing that people are talking about for a really long time because it really was just so so well done, incredibly uh, entertaining, and just actually managed to do a lot for every single character that was in the scene as well. Um, but basically, there's a little bit more going on than what we'd led to, been led to believe. Aaron Grider we were thinking just was a man about town. He was uh, a young Teddy Pendergrass. Which doesn't really seem like he would be that kind of guy, but when it came time to say, I do, there were a lot of women who stepped in and said, 
No, you don't. But now it seems that maybe there was a little bit more going on that. It seems like maybe that that happened was less about exposing Aaron Grider as the dirty, dirty dog that he is and more about ruining Freya's special day. Um, we did see the bridesmaids, the objectors, are kind of what we're going to start calling them here until we're given um, a name that maybe they, they are planning on going by inside of OVW television. But we did we were led to believe that this uh, team of women had it out for Freya, and that's why they objected to the wedding, not because they needed to actually speak their piece. Yes, but in you know, this week's episode, right after the very first match, uh, we see that that wasn't necessarily the case and things weren't the way they originally appeared on screen, where um, they the bridesmaids had... Uh, Jada Stone, Tiffany, Layla Gray, Katie OMG, um, uh, Crystal as well. Uh, yeah, it's kind of... We were showed... They were they were bought off. They were bought off. Yeah, they were they were a team before they became a team. It seemed as if they had become a team organically in the moment, standing standing up, tearing Grider, being a pig. But now, we know a little bit more. That's not how it went down. That's no. not how it went down. After that, there was a seven man scramble to be the number one contender for the OVW Rush Division Championship. Cal Hero is, of course, the current Rush Division champion. Who was on commentary during that match? He was on commentary uh, during the match. This is one of my favorite things that, and OVW does such a good job of employing that uh, idea of like sending someone that's in a storyline out for commentary and having the storyline bleed over into the commentary uh, booth or outside of the commentary booth a lot of the times. Uh, one one complaint, or not complaint, but an observation that I had last week was that even though there was a lot of people in the Rush Division Championship in a, uh, or in the Rush Division in a match, the match did not move like a Rush Division match. This week, the complete opposite. Uh, Dimes, Will Austin, uh, Big Whiskey, Jared Kripke, the 80s baby. TW3. TW3. Manny Domingo. Manny Domingo. Clown Shoes, Adam Revolver. Clown, yeah. This this match moved at 1,000 miles an hour. This match moved super fast. It was You had to keep your head on a swivel just to watch it. I couldn't imagine being a referee and trying to officiate it. Uh, there was, at one point, a seven-man sleeper hold. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Probably will never see that again, but that was easily the most entertaining section of that match for sure yeah loved it loved it and of course set up more storyline uh not only in terms of um who will be um the next number one contender for the rush division championship ends up being adam revolver but uh some little bit of uh dissolution among former teams inside of the rush division themselves um, so really, really, really fun match. I think for me, probably the match of the night. Yeah, and it was a great way to set up uh, the Rush Championship match for a hard reset between yes. Cal Hero and uh, Adam Revolver. And they, they burned down the house last week, so I can only imagine what they're going to do on pay-per-view. Um, cannot look forward to that match enough. Adam Revolver and Cal Hero at hard reset. Um, after that, there's a six-woman tag match. I call them a trios match. I know some people don't like that. But we don't call a four-man tag match a four-man tag match. We just call it a tag team match. That means, in my mind, there's got to be a different word for a six-man tag match, or in this case, a six-woman tag match. I prefer to use the word trios. 
you guys as listeners can call it whatever you want. Brian Hines, you can call it whatever you want, but I'm going to call this really good. I just won't call it late for dinner. Just don't, yeah, don't never call it late for dinner. And with the way that these uh, six women moved around the ring, don't call them late for dinner either, because I'd hate to see how mad that they got after burning all of those calories in this six-man uh, match. Matches between Big Al, Alice Crowley, Ari, Ari Alexander, excuse me, and Harley Jane versus the Bridesmaids or the Objectors, as we've kind of tried to uh, call them internally here so that we know that uh, who we're talking about, Jada Stone, Tiffany, and the baddie Layla Gray, former OVW Women's Heavyweight, heavyweight Champion. Um, needless to say, the Objectors, the Bridesmaids, won big time in this one. Uh, Ari Alexander, since she's Return can't seem to buy a win, which is unfortunate. She's a great performer and a great wrestler, uh, but seems to be on skates a little since returning to the Davis Arena in the OVW ring. Yeah, and uh, I think it was pretty obvious that uh, there was definite attitude change in the uh, the team of the bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. It does really seem as if, and even just a few weeks ago, if you go back in our recap coverage, uh, we were both really, really high on, on Jada Stone and still are still higher on her work. I think she's a really fantastic performer. Oh, sure. Um, I think she's a great wrestler. I think she's got a lot ahead of her. But it does kind of seem like that, um, that innocence has kind of been taken out of her since she's been hanging out with uh, Layla Gray and Tiffany. Yeah, a bad apple ruins the whole bunch. And that's, that's uh, more often than not, whenever you fall into, especially in wrestling, when you fall in with a bad crowd, you start to pick up some really bad habits. Yeah, you're only as good as the company you keep. The main event of Hour One was a six-man tag. We've, we've gone really, really heavy on the uh, multi-person matches here tonight on this episode of OVW. Um, this is between Skinny Joe Slack, Joe Mack, sorry, Luke Curtis and Tony Evans. They are remnants of the fashion or, or of the faction or still are in the faction the faction suffered that huge defeat at the tables ladders and chairs match at the big one and have seemed to lost a little bit of steam but you can't tell any of them that they kind of haven't figured out that they're in dissolution right now oh no in their their heads they're all still one unit in lockstep and just as big as they ever were uh lush they they were battling luscious lawrence omar mir they are former uh, heavyweight tag champions, Southern tag champions in OVW. They were joined by Crixus. Crixus, one of the other really, really, really good big guys in OVW, even though he did not um, join Team OVW at the big one. He was too busy handling some of his own personal business. Uh, he did join Omar Amir and Luscious Lawrence tonight. Um, there was, uh, I mean, a lot of Really great action, really great six-man action. You can tell that none of these guys like each other. Crixus still has his beef with Tony Evans. Omar Amir and Luscious Lawrence still have their beef with Joe Slack, Joe Mack, and Luke Curtis. Um, Big Zoe, one half of the Destroyers, who are the current heavyweight uh, Southern Tag Champions, rather, sorry, um, came out uh, joined by his uh, the other part, his counterpart in the Destroyers, uh, Gnarls. Gnarls Garvin. They interrupted uh, to try to, I guess, get the best ahead of hard reset of who is the number one tag team contenders, Joe Mack and Luke Curtis. Um, but it was not enough. Uh, Crixus was 
going to win when there was more um, interference and Tony Evans picked up the win for that thrown-together three-man tag, that thrown-together trio of Joe Mack, Luke Curtis. Now, for the second hour this week, uh, the first match was a non-title match between the main attraction, Eric Jackson, and the fanny pack kid, Cal Hero. I mean, you want to just talk about, everybody knows I love Cal Hero. I've put over Eric Jackson on this podcast as well. You see these two guys, and it just looks like you're about to watch a D1 match. Broad shoulders, tiny waist, huge muscles, great like mat work. Love these two guys. Eric Jackson has been a really uh, thrill to see him kind of work his way up a little bit more prominently week to week on the card. There's nothing more prominent than a uh, match against one of the champions, albeit a non-title match. Sure. Uh, Anytime you get a chance to uh, get in there with the guy at the top of the pecking order, it, you've got a golden opportunity to show... Everybody watching what you're made of, what you're all about. And these guys went wire to wire. Eric Jackson might have been able to pull out the victory other than... Cal Hero winning with the fanny pack knee. And Adam Revolver and Shannon the Dude, of course, coming in for the giant schmoz afterwards. Of course. Um, Adam Revolver and Cal Hero will be... Um, at hard reset. Hard reset for the Rush Division Championship title belt and... As we know about the faction, as we know about any time you see Shannon the Dude bring any one of those goons out there, I was going to say 50-50 shot, 60-40 shot, there's a post-match beatdown so that they can just try to eke out anything resembling um, an advantage whenever the big match actually happens. Sure. Shannon the Dude is their quote-unquote insurance policy, always up the new good, always trying to get whatever advantage he can on their opponents. And it looks as though this week, uh, Cal Hero fell into that. And say what you will about the faction, at least most of those guys are willing to put their belt up for defense. Shannon the Dude, I'm on the radio every week, been doing it for 10 years. If you really want to do it, I'll come after that title. You tell me, you name the time and place, I'll be up there, baby. Because you need to at least, I'll lose, I'll purposely lose. I'll take the figure poke of doom just so that you actually have to defend it for once. Because I haven't seen you defend it for a long time. And I think last time you lost it, last time I saw you defend it, you lost it to Ari Alexander. He ain't lying. So just, you know, you're not a good champion unless you're willing to put in the work. And Shannon the Dude hasn't put in the work for a long, 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 long time. Um, over the last few weeks, we've seen Shalance Royale and uh, her her lawyer, her attorney. P.J. Jones, Her representative, Esquire. P.J. Jones, Esquire, come out and say and do all kinds of nasty things to Hollywood Haley J and her mother. Uh, this week, one of the things that they've been like, like to do a lot is they'll bring um, puppets out to kind of... Yeah, that was one thing I, I wanted to mention last week, but we ran out of time. That was probably my favorite segment from last week's episode. And if anybody knows me in real life, if you say something that is like smart or a particularly... Uh, jackass thing to say i will hit you with and not think twice about it it's an, it's instinctive so i i got a big kick out of that last week yeah so last week um on top of kind of formatting on our part and then just some technical issues on the feed we were using we didn't get to see a ton of that but shalance and pj jones have been bringing out puppets to poke fun at hollywood Haley J and her mother um for several weeks even prior to the big one uh, but this week, 
something a little bit different happened. Yeah. Um, Holly, Hollywood Haley J uh, and her mom got a hold of uh, PJ Jones Esquire and it wasn't such a, a good night for him and it was about to be a, uh, a horrible night like I'm talking Moon River at the doctor's office kind of bad if you are a um, middle-aged male who uh, may need a uh, an exam of the uh, anterior sort all I can think of and I'm not even a big Blink-182 fan but uh, the cover <laughs> of that Blink-182 um, album cover where she's just stretching that that rubber glove as far as maybe you know basically past her her elbow that was the only thing I could really think about was for some reason that's that's what I, I didn't even make that connection but as soon as you said that I knew immediately what you were going for, and, and you're absolutely right. I'm I'm a I've not yet reached the age where I have to have that particular procedure, but those two women were, even without proper medical clearance, fixing to administer that procedure to the uh, maybe the most thorough it had ever been done in the history of of man, woman, and child. Um, <laughs> until Shalance comes out does uh puts herself in danger for once to uh save her her dear attorney pj jones esquire yeah and lucky for him she she made it in time he he better you know wave his attorney fee next time or take her out for a nice steak dinner or something if it was uh, if he was hourly beforehand he might just need to go on retainer yeah definitely Um, (laughs) that would be the to put it nicely that would be the way that i could put it so uh austin uh manny domingo and star rider have been kind of a team for a little bit last week we did start to see that triumvirate start to have a little bit of a crack in the way that they communicated with each other um after uh, Austin had inter- interfered in a match to give Manny Domingo a victory that he didn't want to earn that way. He wanted to earn it on the up and up. Uh, his teammate had, or his valet, his friend had other uh, thoughts during that match. There has been a little bit of of dissension there. Um, Star Rider has been able to basically keep the peace between those three. Uh, we see Star Rider continuing to successfully keep the peace before Mr. Pectacular Jesse Goddard's arrives all done up. Um, he's, of course, on the Segway. He's got, like, breathing tubes, though. and The neck brace, yeah. and it appears as though he uh, he may have had a, a broken nose because he has bandages in, in his nostrils. And uh, the best part of the whole entire segment is... When uh, he takes one short breath and both of those bandages go flying out of his nostrils when just one projectile just... The, uh, he sees Star Rider kind of takes a little bit of issue with Star Rider for one reason or another, whether it was deserved or not, and sees a smaller guy, sees a guy from the Rush Division, sees a guy that he, could, he thinks he can probably pick on pretty easily, probably beat up pretty easily, and says... Me and you tonight, main event. We're fighting tonight. He's looking. He's looking for blood. He's looking for a victory. And poor Star Rider was uh, the victim this evening, uh, or that's the way Jesse Goddard wants it. Uh, we'll find out what happens in the main event. 
After that, Brandon Espinosa of Dysfunction also comes out alone. That's something that you had pointed out to me that I didn't pick on up at first is that this is supposed to be, you know, a unified front. Right. Um, and they can't seem to support each other when they have matches with each other, which is kind of the point of having friends in the wrestling locker room is. Yeah, at least you would think so. But um, in both hours, a team member of Dysfunction had a solo match, but in either case, the other team member did not come out to support to support the other. And I just think that's kind of strange. I don't know whether uh, that means Dysfunction is dysfunctional. I mean, if that's their name, then I would assume that there is a fair amount of dysfunction there already. But if they can't even come out and support each other for individual matches much less have a tag team match together. Um, I mean, that sounds like a broken home to me if I ever heard one. And it is worth noting that both Brian Espinoza in this current match that we were talking about, Ryan uh, against Ryan Von Rocket with um, Katie and Crystal, both him and Tony Gunn's son, Kyle Roberts, lost tonight. So where they might have given themselves the possibility of pulling out the victory had they stuck together, they're either arrogance or selfishness probably cost both of them the match this evening. They're, they're two respective matches this evening. Um, just think that that's worth pointing out as we talk about what is going on within team dysfunction. Ryan Von Rocket comes out with his, his two new valets. Uh, he wins with the new rock and roll neck breaker. Um, love Ryan Von Rocket. Uh, really, really glad to see that he's back in OVW. He, would, he took a short hiatus from OVW. He's a former heavyweight champion there. Um, I, I, I think he's held several, several belts in OVW during his time in OVW. But just kind of uh, what, what you would call at this point in his career, he's a statesman. He's a journeyman. He's done it. He's done it all. He's very good at what he does. Great look. He'll play any character. You ask him to play any iteration of his personality that you want to see on screen, he can show you. And I said it when they got put together. I love this as a team. I think it works so well for what he's doing, just this like over-the-top 80s thing with these two, you know, very attractive women. Um, it, he's, he's a rock star. He looks like a rock star, and he's got kind he's of He's got like, tattoos that say, don't stop the rock. And he did not stop the rock all the way through the bell ringing tonight when he won with that rock and roll neck breaker. The final event of the night, Brian, non-title match. Non-title match, of course. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, Jesse Goddard uh, decided that he had issue with Star Rider and uh, basically said, uh, you know what? Let's do this. You and me tonight, Historic Davis Arena, main event. Um, and for Star Rider, who usually you see more toward the beginning of the card every night, getting an opportunity like this to hang a W on someone that is as celebrated, um, at least for his accomplishments, maybe not how he accomplished oh, yeah. them, as Jesse Goddard's Mr. Spectacular. This is a big deal. This could have been a really big win for Star Rider. Unfortunately, for our hero in a mask, that's not what happened. No, Mr. Pectacular won by spearing Star Rider mid-jump off of the top rope. 
and he was wide open. He was wide open for that jump when he hit him with that spear. Yeah, like, just blammo. And that's what, you know, that that's why it pays to be experienced like the way that Jesse Goddard's is, is when you see an opportunity for a split-second attack like that and you take it more often than not, that's what's going to be the deciding factor on whether or not you win or lose is that split-second decision and catching your opponent off guard. High risk, high maneuver. Top rope maneuvers don't always work out, and tonight they didn't work out for Jesse or for Star Rider. They worked out for Jesse Goddard. Yeah, and that was all she wrote. Star Rider had an opportunity, and it just wasn't his night. Um, Jesse Goddard then grabbed a microphone, started blowing smoke about how much he loves everyone we know that that's not true he's never loved anyone in ovw other than the person that happens to be in the bathroom mirror every single time he's in the bathroom um there's somebody else in the bathroom it uh, for some reason that guy above the sink he loves the guy above the sink every Uh, time he goes to the bathroom that guy that's somehow every single time he's in the bathroom he's also in the bathroom above the sink he loves that guy it's probably the only guy he's ever loved in ovw if you understand what i'm saying sure i'm picking Um, up what you're putting down uh he says ovw needs him he says the roster needs him he says the crowd needs him he says the entire federation needs him and then just like we saw a few weeks ago ec3 pops in uh ec3 with a pre-recorded message um, Conveniently timed, of course, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, so, obviously, the story between Jesse Goddard and EC3 is not done yet. We One of the big things post the big one was what's going to happen to the faction? Uh, are they going to be able to stick together with all those egos in one place? If It's a lot easier when you're winning, but when you're losing, it's hard to keep all those egos under control. Oh, sure. And the two biggest egos in the whole thing, which is saying a lot, by far, Jesse Goddard and EC3. Um, I assume that we will see a little bit more over the coming weeks and definitely probably at Hard Reset um, another chapter in the Jesse Goddard's and EC3 story. Oh, yeah. It looks like to me uh, that that's low-key going to be one of the biggest stories of the night. Yes. I mean, the faction already had their uh, you know chance at uh, the big one thinking that they were going to wipe out Team OVW. That was not the case, even though they outnumbered them. OVW still came out on top, but uh, Mr. Pectacular throwing EC3 in harm's way at the very end of that match uh, is the beginning of what I believe to be a, a showdown between Mr. Pectacular, Jesse Goddard, and EC3. And, and if, I, if I had to pick, my money's on Pectacular. I actually would much rather see Pectacular take home a win over EC3. I like EC3 a lot. Um, sure. I think he's looking better than ever. I think he's looking just like, I don't know, kind of like one of those like mid-2000s like war movies like where we were finally making movies about like the Iraq war. <laughs> like I don't know. He just looks so like his body's incredible, and he's got this great tan, he's got this great haircut, and he just looks so believable like he looks like he's been through war and he he has several times over his career um but i'm very much looking forward to what i'm going to assume will be the eventual undoing of the faction and it's because the two guys at the top can't get along any longer that could very well be it may just be wishful thinking on my part i don't know we'll have to tune in next week and uh We'll see another exciting episode of OVW. We'll just have to see what next week brings. 
So this episode of OVW kind of ended on on a weird note. Um, usually OVW, not that this one was not action-packed, but it's usually packed from, from the moment it starts in earnest to the moment it ends in earnest. This one ended on a promo segment. A, uh, there was an interview with Cashflow. Cashflow is quickly interrupted by Jack Vaughn. Cashflow, of course, lost his OVW heavyweight title to Jack Vaughn several weeks ago. Um, at the hands of Malabali Shira, Vaughn informs Cashflow that he will not be. Cashflow does. Uh, Vaughn quickly informs the Cashflow that he will not be getting an instant um, title match. Shannon the Dude comes out to say that if there is going to be a title match, um, that Malabali Shira will be a part of it. Al Snow then comes out, takes the microphone, turns the match at hard reset into a fatal four-way, adding Tony Gunn. Um, Tony Gunn can't stand Mahabali Shira. Tony Gunn's not a huge fan of Jack Vaughn. Cashflow can't stand Mahabali Shira, not a huge fan of Jack Vaughn. But in a fatal four-way, it's every man for himself. Oh, yeah. Four for fighting, for sure. Um, so It's going to be a great match. It will. It will. And then kind of cut to black. Uh, La Finn. And we'll see what happens next week. In addition to how we ended the show this past week, we uh, reached out to Cashflow to see if he had a statement concerning um, that match. And he said, quite literally, I don't. It's all about the OVW Heavyweight Championship and a number one contender to the OVW Heavyweight Championship. He's got history with all of them, animosity with some, respect with others. It all goes out the window on September 9th. The better man will prevail. Print that. And when the man himself tells you to print that, then you better believe we are going to get the word out there. That came straight from Cashflow himself. And thank you, Cash. Thank you, actually, while we have a second. Thank you for all of the wrestlers that we've been in contact with so far. We hope to, as for you, the listener, we hope to start getting that on the feed, either on video, our newly set up video feed, or just on our traditional podcast feed. Um, We do have all of the social media. We are available on all of your favorite streaming platforms. And in fact, there's going to be something going up on our social medias that a fan by the name of Keith Sweat sent us over the weekend from OVW Stop in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. Uh, This was... Crixus versus Bad Country Andrew Williams, and that was great. It was, it, and this is like this is if you you can watch OVW on TV and OVW is great on TV. Go out to some of these shows. Go out to a house show. Go to yeah. Davis Arena. Definitely go to a house show. It's a little less structured than the shows at Davis Arena, so the wrestlers have a little bit more freedom on how they want to fight each other. But and the this things is that they're going to do. This is a classic example of why, why you go to the live you, show. You go to the live show. You get what you pay for. And I mean, how often do you see somebody take a bath in the fountain? Yeah, in in a small town, Kentucky you know town square not often enough i'll tell you that but if you'd like to see that that will be on all of our social media and we do want to thank listener keith sweat nobody for sending that to us uh we we love you thank you so much for reaching out thank you so much and guys if you are hearing this and you see something at an ovw show whether it's uh, in your backyard in your hometown out at ks bar this weekend where you can find us send us that information send us some pictures send us some videos we want to hear from you guys it means a lot to hear back from you guys we've gotten a ton of engagement just in terms of downloads and and followers and stuff that we didn't expect at the beginning 
but seeing stuff like that, you seeing something like that, you seeing a moment and you thinking of us means a lot to us. So please, like, we're on, we're on everything we could possibly be on. We know that a lot of you are on everything you could possibly be on as well. So just next time you see something cool OVW related, please reach out to us, send it to us. We want to see it and we love to hear from you guys. Yeah, we really appreciate the response that we've gotten for only having done this for such a short time, but it already feels like we are we are community and uh, we're all enjoying this together. Ohio Valley Wrestling every week on Thursday live or on Fight TV and then your local uh, stations and affiliates. And, and like we said, we will be at the Kentucky Sports Bar and Grill uh, watching OVW this Saturday. So if you see us come out and say hi uh we uh we have some we're hoping to have some fun we have some fun things planned for that day wow look at that spear we just caught back we just caught back the spear at the end of the jesse goddard's and star rider <laughs> match golly oh boy oh, he, man. he had a rough night yeah that one couldn't uh, keep that mask on straight either yeah no he uh he probably needs to go get a new mask so nobody recognizes him next time he tries to go out in public yeah, except I jackets be, awful loud i know i wouldn't want to be i wouldn't want to show up my mask or my face if i got speared into oblivion like that either no the OVW podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi Woodard. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Senior producer for the Blacklight Moon Productions is Victor Anderson. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to rate us five stars and give us a review. You can also follow us on OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, 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 and TikTok. Thanks so much, guys.